Hello everyone, my name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong and this is Cracking Addiction. And once again, we have the good Dr. Laura Petracek with us. Good morning, Laura, how are you? I'm good, Fergal. How about yourself? I'm very well. So I thought today we'd continue our journey into you know the management of emotional distress. Previous episodes, we've discussed acute crisis management. Now I think it's time that we move to kind of those longer term non-crisis interventions. How would you describe the psychological tools that people can use to kind of, you know, manage the long term in terms of crisis management, in terms of emotional distress management? Right. So the distress tolerance skills for clients not going through a crisis the main two are reality acceptance skills and mindfulness skills. Mm. So reality acceptance, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, what's, what's reality acceptance? And then I'll ask you, what's mindfulness? <laughs> okay. Um, so reality acceptance is just that, accepting reality, or there's a very common uh, phrase in pop culture, it is what it is. Um, mm. And so reality is looking at the worksheet is, okay, what's the situation? What are all the statements that you're saying on one column? Like, for example, there's this cartoon um, and there's, it's raining really hard. And on one column, it's, oh, I can't believe it's raining. Oh no, I'm going to have to go back and get my umbrella. I'm so upset. I thought it was going to be sunny today. This is going to ruin my plans. And then reality acceptance column says, yep, it's raining. So reality acceptance skills are accepting the situation for what it is. And that causes, therefore, less suffering. Because when we try to argue, so to speak, with reality, we're causing ourselves unnecessary suffering. Uh, another example would be, um, but but going back to reality acceptance skills, it doesn't mean accepting an unacceptable situation, meaning let's say you're uh, currently living in an abusive relationship. Mm. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to accept that situation, an unacceptable situation, and a, an abusive situation. You could, you know, take steps to get yourself out of that situation. Reality skills also don't mean that you just have to be resigned and this is just my lot in life and that's how it's going to be. So there's some fine lines in terms of reality acceptance skills, you know, like. It, yeah, yeah, it's not it's, it's not a global acceptance of, of, of any situation. It's a choice to really. Uh, control your emotional response to to uh, a situation i think right it's more and, about, um, it's more about controlling how you react to the situation i mean i, I use the transactional model to look at situations in, t in the lens of what well, you say you call it reality acceptance I, I i i'll give you an example so yeah in terms of the transactional model so there's an event then there's a judgment then there's an arousal, then there's an invalidating uh, statement or response, and then there's an emotion and secondary emotion. Yeah. And, at each, and at each step of the way between the event and the final emotional response, there are a number of points where 
acceptance can stop that journey and uh, from from or that that direct relationship between yes between yeah. the event and the final emotional uh, arousal because we're not actually you know psychologists and psychological tools cannot change the course of life we can't change events but we can change how we react to events and it's for me unnecessary suffering is is how is, is the emotional response at the end of the day to to events and if you can control that then that becomes more you can become more accepting of the situation right um well yeah. i don't know what what i would qualify that i would uh add that um so going back to your transactional um analysis uh you're looking at how to intervene so the client responds or how the client can respond rather than react yeah. because it's the reacting nine times out of 10 that causes the suffering. Whereas yeah, if the client is really looking at, okay, this is what happened. This is my action. Let me challenge this reaction. Is this really mm -hmm. true? You know, and um, if not, then how could I respond you know, pause and, and look more accurately at this um, or my, you know, initial thought about this situation and therefore hopefully uh, causes the client to be more responding on that level instead of reacting. Because as we know, reacting, you know, for clients or for anyone, we're usually in our reptilian brain where not really thinking rationally and uh it's usually inaccurate in terms of our mm -hmm. observations and uh um our assessment of the situation yeah i suppose another another way that i think about reality acceptance is is that famous line or that famous idea that that victor frankl put out that between there is a space between event and response and in that space there is a choice that you can make and uh, for me reality acceptance is all about the choice that we make in that space and the choice that we make so for a lot of folks who are coming to dbt and learning these skills they don't feel they have a choice. They're just one big reactor ball. So yeah. we teach them skills, you know, like mindfulness and meditation, that helps to build that pause button and therefore being mm -hmm. able to respond rather than react. So I love Viktor Frankl's book and um, I, I, I really agree with him, but most clients don't have that pause button in them they don't even have the skill to get to there to get to that point so that's where the mindfulness mm -hmm. and meditation skills come in handy so they could learn how to pause and then say okay what's you know a response rather than reaction and there's a mm -hmm. um saying in 12-step program that for each year of sobriety you're adding another second or another minute to that pause button so yeah. if you have 10 years of recovery you've got 10 minutes you could pause or maybe it's 10 seconds i'm not quite sure but 
So for me, I would have 45 minutes. No, I think it's more on second basis. I would have 45 seconds. But that 45 seconds is a long time. Um, Especially when you're trying to separate event from reaction, aren't you? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's some of my less psychologically minded friends and colleagues laugh at me and poo poo and paw paw this idea. And they say, but Fergal, does it really work? And I say, well, of course it works. But I would ask you the same question. In your experience, how effective is reality acceptance in helping people through life and then helping people cope with the slings and arrows of adversity? Well, I could say from personal experience, <laughs> it really helps. Yeah. Um, and, you know, learning these tools both professionally and on a personal level. Um, mm. And I've seen it in clients where, like for me, I beat, my, on my, I beat up on myself less you, if, when I use the reality acceptance skills instead of, oh, I should have done that, or why didn't I do this, or I could have done that. You know, these are yeah. the slings and arrows that are not helpful, that yeah. add to my yeah. suffering, that yeah. add to a client's suffering. But using reality acceptance skills, I'm lessening the suffering for me. And when I teach them to clients, they're suffering left because a lot of clients also have a lot of regret in their life. I should have never done this. Why did I get divorced? I, why did I quit that job? Why did I take that job? Why did I move? I should have done better by my kid, you know? So there's unfortunately a lot of regret with uh, that lot of adults have. And so the reality acceptance skills help a client to more accept what happened, basically doing the best you could at the time. And now learning skills, not, you know, beating up yourself um, is not gonna help. I actually have uh, on my um, Instagram that we can't hate ourselves into accepting ourselves. And that's that's, yeah. that's partly what is happening when we're not accepting a situation or when we're beating up on ourselves, which is all mm. too common for both clients and just people alike. Uh, mm. That somehow we think that's going to, I don't know, if, you know, mea culpa, somehow going to get us to a point of uh, that that forgives us or... Yeah. Um, solves us but unfortunately it just makes people depressed and gets them more stuck uh, or they stay stuck yeah there i mean as i've been listening to you speak i am reminded of three three things i was, I was going to try and describe them as literature or pop or pop culture but okay firstly sung zhu the chinese general who wrote the art of war said something like this and i'm going to paraphrase it he said if you if you don't have anxiety in your life, you die once. If you have anxiety in your life, you die a thousand deaths. And then, of course, Frank Sinatra said, I did it my way. And Edith Piaf said, I have no regrets. Non reandi rien, je n'ai aucun regret. So there is, you know, there are various, uh, you know, authors out there that are actually, I think, verging on the idea of, of reality acceptance. I don't know. Am I being facetious? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I like that um, the article. I've heard that. If I have anxiety, I die once. If I don't, I die a thousand. No, no, no. Times. If I don't, if I don't have anxiety, I die once. Okay. If I do have anxiety, I die a thousand deaths. Yeah, I like that. I've heard that. I like yeah. that. Or I, I paraphrase it. I can't remember the quotation exactly. I, I think but that something is like it. That. Yeah. yeah. Um. So again, you know, reality acceptance is also something uh, like all DBT skills that we have to practice. You know, mm -hmm. um, there are certain issues in my life that I tend to circle back to. And I think we all have a, our certain hot points that we tend to go yeah. back to that we wish we could do over. And, yeah. and now if I find myself on that hot point, then I use one of the reality acceptance skills. It's like retraining our brain. As soon as I notice veering off into X, Y, or Z, it's like, oh, nope, come to the here and now. Let's look mm. at what's happening now. Um, it was really interesting last night. I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso at all, but... Um, <laughs> I've been recommended that show. <laughs> I don't want to buy yet another TV streaming subscription. <laughs> It was really interesting because he was talking to a friend. So his son is visiting from America, hanging out with one of his friends while he's talking to a friend at a table, like maybe a hundred feet away about the situation of his son and his ex was there with her new uh, boyfriend. And it looked like they might be getting engaged in Paris and then finally, his friend's like, you're missing the now. Like, your son's over there. I hear some people singing. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so focused on what I can't change, which is his ex being in love with someone else. And he hung up the phone right away and went back over to where his son was and started singing Hey Jude, which was one of their, they both love this song. And I thought that is a really good example of reality acceptance, how him not being in the current moment, meaning your son's right here. You can't change the past, what happened with your ex-wife, but here you are. And it was like, wow, that would be perfect. I want to get that clip, you know, and use it because it was a very good example of how we could get so lost into, oh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. And then who's right there? Your kid's right there. You could change what's happening there. You can't change your marriage that's over. And I feel like that's what the epiphany he had. Well, not so much he, but his friend said, what? your sin's over there. Get off this call. Go over there. And yeah. I think that was really about reality, acceptance. And being in the moment, which is part of mindfulness. Being in this moment this moment, this moment, which is one of the meditations. You just say right. that phrase over and over. Now I'm in this moment, this moment, this moment. Because he was all freaked out that He's they were getting engaged. And yeah. So listen, Laura, we've, we've run out of time today. Okay. So, but I'd really like to talk to you more about uh, you know, the non-crisis emotional regulation skills in, in, in another episode. Thank you very much for your time and expertise today. Thank you for the invitation. It's always great to be here, Fargo.
That's all for today, folks. My name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong, and this has been Cracking Addiction.